Welcome to the Biz Design Enterprise Architecture Podcast. I'm your host, Will Hardison, and in these podcasts, we talk to leaders in the areas of enterprise architecture and how they and their teams deliver value to their organizations to advance strategy, optimize operations, and reduce and manage risks. Now, let's get down to business. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of 2024. Uh, I hope that you all had a wonderful holiday break, a great new year, and you know what? We're just going to go right into artificial intelligence because, well, if I'm being honest, I believe that it is the topic that was all the rage in 23, probably also in 22, and I would assume if history tells me anything, that 2024, we will still, and probably even more so, be talking about artificial intelligence. So I thought that I would invite David Strickrod to the episode today. David is our uh, one of our solution advisors here at BizDesign. He's also a member of our AI task force team. Um, so man, thank you, David, for coming on and talking to us about AI today. How are you? Good. I will. Yeah, happy to speak about that topic. Uh, and I think you're right. So if history tells you that, uh, this year is going to be AI focused as well. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, so like I said, it's no secret. It's here, right? It's been here. It's all anyone can really talk about in the tech software space, even outside of that space. Um, but since you're on our task force team, I felt it would be appropriate to have you come on, which is a team dedicated uh, here at Biz Design to understanding AI and how it can be implemented uh, into our platform, you know, moving forward. Um, so, David, as we've seen an uptick in the progression of AI over the last year or two, can you kind of set the scene for our listeners of what we've seen uh, in terms of the progression of AI over the last two years? Yeah, what what haven't we seen? Uh, <laughs> it's right. been, it, yeah, it's been it's been uh, crazy. I mean, you said the last two years, right? Um, just just think about one one year back. Uh, I think ChatGPT changed changed everything. I mean, yeah. there was AI before that, but if you would ask a hundred people uh, before ChatGPT what they know and if they had any um, hands on with with AI, maybe not more than than. Uh, three or four would have said yes, sure. but this has changed dramatically, right? Um, so I, I checked out the numbers just before we started um, the, the podcast, and because I needed to remind myself how quick the the, the fast uh, the start was. Like it was 100 million monthly users just after two months of releasing uh, GPT. So it was the fastest growing growing app ever, um, compared to Facebook, which took more than four, Twitter more than five years. So everybody's talking about it, um, about the risks, about opportunities, about the changes that will bring to our world, to our daily lives, uh, about funny things. <laughs> uh, we, we've all seen that on, on LinkedIn, Twitter and everything, yeah. uh, but also about sca scary things, right? So, I mean, maybe, maybe you've seen uh, when, when there was the first birthday of, of GPT, Maybe you've seen uh, my, my LinkedIn post. I was comparing it to my son when he was one year old, and you know what? He was he was not he was barely trying to speak some little words. Um, he couldn't he couldn't walk. Uh, he he was somehow understanding ourselves. But uh, GPT with one year, it's, it's writing poems, it's writing code, yeah. it's doing math, 
It's drawing realistic uh, images. It's even creating videos. So, and, and that's just one, one year, right? So I hope you're not going to ask for what's going to be that in, in five or 10 years because nobody can tell. That's nobody right. I don't even know if people would really know and understand what it will be like in a year from now, right? But I, will, exactly. I am eventually going to ask you that. Uh, so hopefully, you know, just be thinking about that. But I think as we go into 24, you know, what do you think, what will we see this year, do you think? And, and as it maybe relates to the enterprise architecture space. Well, what we've what we've seen in last year are a lot of releases, a new chip, GPT, a new um, Google Gemini, and everything. And now I think it is the the battle has has started um, for the best LLM large language model for the best AI product, which will be leading. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the an area where one product's going to be leading or where we will have. Um, many, many different products for each brand, for each industry. I don't know. It's still uh, in the time of consolidating. Uh, and uh, the, um, yeah, the, the fight for the best product, I think, is, is, is all over. Um, yeah. But you were talking about the, the trends in, in this year. I think it's going to be about, mostly about efficiency. So what's, what's going to be um, the, fastest, the fastest model? What's going to be the the cheapest ones what's going to be the most specialized model if there's a, a model specifically for um, the medical uh, aspect or one for more the mobility aspects and everything that's that's gonna uh, be a, a big role and also what I what I'm missing until now is uh, that it's been good that there are good use cases um, or solutions for smaller devices. Everybody's used to to work with their iPhone, to work with um, with Google, uh, Apple Home, with um, Alexa, and everything. But now this is on, mostly only av- available through desktop. There's some GPT app and everything on on the iPhone, right? But yeah. it has yeah. not yet become pretty pretty popular uh, and really uh, of value for for these small devices. I think that's going that's going to change. I mean. Haven't you asked yourself why is GPT so good and Alexa so shady? Right? <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, I. You're the expert, man. I cannot answer that for you, but uh, but it is true. I mean, it, it is all web based for now, and then to put the power into the into your palm, right, uh, on phones and and everything like that. I mean, it actually makes me a little nervous, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, I guess I should have. I could have used ChatGPT and put a prompt in to say, you know, give me the top 10 questions I should ask on a podcast uh, episode about AI, right? I mean, and, and it's insane that it can do that. And it's insane that just at the basic level, you can prompt it to research a topic and then write an article about it or a term paper, right? And so I think, you know, going into the education space, I mean, you've got all sorts of things that are just the wild, wild west of, well, how do we know that Johnny really wrote that term paper? Um, it's just, it's crazy to think about the endless possibilities of AI. Yeah. And what uh, you also asked about, I didn't answer your, your question to the fullest. Um, you were also asking about the um, practice of enterprise architecture. 
so I didn't I didn't miss that out on purpose. Um, I, I think for enterprise architects, it's going to be one of the core component of um, of, of what we do and what uh, architects do. Um, the, I, I I think that it will be the the, the biggest change will be that enterprise architecture and also tools will be even more individualized and more more personalized um, experience to towards people. It will it will remember that you mostly look in for. Let's just take some examples. It, it will remember that you are always looking on the financial aspects of application, or that you always check for um, service technologies, business functions and everything. And it will pro provide recommendations. It will create dashboards for you. It will give you the right questions, not only the answers. That's going to change, right? Right now it's it's providing yeah. us answers, but it will support us with asking the right questions. Like, why haven't we collected data about X, Y, Z? Uh, and and that will be more uh, more automated. Uh, data will play an even bigger role. I I think um, if if people have been happy with their with their tool um, until now with just a little amount of data, maybe it was uh, it was all right. It was sufficient. But in the future, they will be asked. Hey, um, asks. Maybe ask from their manager, from their boss, from other stakeholders. Um, why can't we answer the question of this and that? And that's just because we don't have this data. If this data would be there, you could ask uh, answer to any question. Yeah, that, that that's going to be going to change change it. I, I mean, most companies haven't fully adopted AI right now. Um, let me just check for the for the numbers we saw in the in the Gardner poll. Um, it was from September. I have it here. So AI adoption in companies is more in the piloting phase for uh, half the enterprise, 45% are saying they are piloting with AI adoption. Um, so I think enterprise architects need to be aware that things are evolving, things are changing, and um, that at a, a certain point of time, you need to be aware that this exists within your enterprise. And if you are the architect sure. for this enterprise, something you should be managing. Well, you didn't know what you just did, but you provided me a wonderful segue into the next question because just like with anything that is new and shiny, you know, I mean, I think people and companies for that matter, they have to be careful, right? So there's still so much unknown when we do talk about AI. So what is your advice to enterprise architecture teams as some may begin to explore the world of AI and how they can implement it into their work? Uh, so I'm not I'm I'm not an expert in how to how to adopt a, AI within your enterprise, but what I what we what we see and what we what we hear is um, that you need to make your own experience with it. That's what everybody is telling you. Like you can see so many videos or stories from other people, but if you if you really experience that from uh, yourself and if you're going to start that that journey, which we, I mean, within this design, we do, we, we are going this this journey as well. Uh, you're going to ask yourself, what large language model are we going to take? What is the first use case that we should uh, leverage? Is it 
an easy one? Is it a more complex one? How, how do you start? So um, define the right the right path um, to a pilot, to POC, um, new, new AI services, products, features. That's what I would. That's what I would say. Uh, start small, but always keep in mind that um, you're gonna, on the long term, you're gonna change everything. And if you're not gonna change yourself, the um, competition will change you yeah. because they, they're gonna take over the market if you don't. That that's just as I said that the battle has started. And if if you're not if you're not evolving with the help of AI, others will do. And it's I've, it's probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's probably a tough balancing act because it is moving so quickly that you can't really swan dive into the deep end and think you're going to swim. But at the same time, there's this friction, right, between, well, if I, just, if I just dip my toe into the shallow end and get a little comfortable, am I ever going to catch up or is it just going to keep evolving faster than I can ever really get into it? So it's you know, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of feels like you have to dive in maybe to like three or so feet of water a little bit because of how much it is evolving and changing where you can't sit completely on the sidelines or just dip your toe in. You kind of have to get into it a little bit because of how fast it's going. You're right. Well, I'm, and also what you, what you need to be aware of that it is not just a feature it is something that will not only change your product or your service, it's going to change your enterprise. So if you're going to start this journey, make sure you have all stakeholders that are needed uh, within your um, center of excellence or how you, however you want to call it, because don't miss out the topic of governance, don't miss out the topic of ethics, of copyright, um, of privacy. I mean, you, you you cannot just give people access and uh, and say start with it, play around. Yeah. They might use customer data, they might use your intellectual property, things you don't want to be uh, sharing with others or even training training some public models. So be careful when starting it. So uh, start and with small steps, uh, small and wise steps, so, so to say. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it's it's gonna take it's it's gonna be a risk, but you don't you, you cannot miss out. If you miss out, you're gonna be overrun. Yeah, you kind of have to take a calculated risk, right? Just like investing or anything else, where there is a little risk and reward, you sort of have to calculate what your risk and reward's gonna be. Yeah. So, I think that's 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 the main the main points on uh, how it will will, will affect the, the world of enterprise architects. Uh, it's chances and, and, and risks are both of it yep. but as you said it's, it's about the balance yeah. we'll get back to my conversation with David in just a minute but first I wanted to thank you for listening to this episode and while I've got your attention tell you two quick pieces of information that I think you'll enjoy number one Since you're listening to this episode about AI, you'll probably be interested in David's webinar that goes deeper into AI as it relates to biz design and our software platform. You can watch that entire webinar on demand by looking for the link in the description of this podcast, or you can visit bizdesign.com, click on the resources tab, and then on webinars, and you'll find it on that page. And secondly, if you've been a longtime listener of this podcast, but you still need a little help convincing your boss or leadership team that enterprise architecture is worth the investment, 
especially when it comes to a tool like BizDesign, we've got an entire track of resources, including webinar clips, podcast sound bites, presentations, and more directly from our customers around the value of enterprise architecture. You can find the resources by clicking on the link in the description of this podcast episode, or you can visit bizdesign.com forward slash value. And now that's enough for me. Let's get back to my conversation around AI with David Strickroth. I know it's still new. And again, we've got a lot we still need to uncover and learn about. And But what excites you about AI? So, so many things. I mean, just, just uh, uh, if you... If you see what people are doing with it, it might be uh, just um, just maybe it's funny if you see that. Maybe it's fascinating what you see. But the the big what's fascinating myself is what it can change on the uh, on the long on the long term. Like I, I mean, just just think about um, the health sector. Um, think about um, medical diagnostics. How how much faster and in really early stage you you may diagnose uh, cancer uh, or think about a vaccine development. I mean, it's all, almost four years ago when COVID came uh, came into all of our lives, uh, and everybody was uh, searching for for the vaccine. I would bet a lot of money that. Um, the vaccine would have been developed much faster if um, AI would have been more uh, present by that time. Yeah. Also, uh, what I think is going to change on uh, um, on a really good uh, into in a good um, direction is education. I was I was just uh, 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 a woman in my family is uh, is a teacher, and I was t- uh, discussing with her during Christmas. Um, what, uh, how she thinks about uh, AI and uh, students using GPT, and we we had a long discussion actually, um, going in two different directions. But I think, I mean, you you must imagine just a room full of twenty students. This means you're having a room full of twenty different learning curves, twenty different ways of of learning. Some are more. Um, picture uh, recognition, some are more like audio focused. Everybody's different. Like they have different uh, interests. Some are quicker, some are slower, some have more um, interest into into math, some more into languages uh, and so on. Uh, You cannot just just by by the given circumstances, you cannot do the right educational approach for every single of the 20 students. It's just not possible. Yep. Because you're talking to all of the 20 ones. Now, if you would have an AI and a supporting AI, I'm not saying it's going to replace the teachers at all, maybe not in the next five years. But uh, if you have a personalized AI, which is knowing about strengths and weaknesses of every of the, each of the students, that's going to change that a lot. And you will have the perfect um, speed, the perfect pace, the, the perfect topic the perfect yeah. i mean how often you you need to repeat things is different from every student so that's gonna that's gonna make education 
much better, I think. Well, you, um, man, that's in- awesome because I've actually looked into what's called the situational leadership theory. I've read a lot about that. And, and in the professional world, what that means is you can't lead everybody the same, right? Some people want to ask a thousand questions and know every single detail or handle conflict differently. But then another person on your team, completely opposite. They, they, they're quiet, they're observing. Um, so you have to lead people in different ways. And much like you're a example of a student and 20, you know, or excuse me, a teacher and 20 students, every student learns differently. They evolve differently. They, they have different needs than each other. And, I think, you know, that is a huge advantage of AI to be able to assist, not replace, but assist, right? That teacher um, that could then go, okay, I have 20 students and I can run these, you know, algorithms or I can get the assistance of AI to really help each and every individual student grow the way they need to grow. That's going to, that's, that's going to, uh, change education in a in a better way. Yeah, that's my that's that's my opinion. I mean, of course, what uh, what teachers already need to be aware of is how they use homework, for example. I mean, like when I when I think back when I was in school and what kind of homework we had, I would say seventy eighty percent of what we had as a homework could have been done by by GPT in no time. That's oh, yeah. that that that's for fact. Um, yeah. Um, that's also what she, she said, so the, the teacher of my family, she said, uh, that is nothing that we can do anymore. It's just not, not possible. And if there are teachers who don't know about that, um, they, they will make a difference between people who use AI, uh, students who use AI and students that don't use AI. And that's saying that maybe we'll come to this later, but this will also change for everybody of us, how we work, how we interact, how we do business. Um, people that use AI will have a benefit um, above people that don't use AI. Yeah. So on the on the flip side of, of all of this, what scares you about AI? <laughs> so you want to... And you can say well, everything. If I, if <laughs> you, I'm, can if I'm, that, you can use that answer if you want to. <laughs> if if I'm if I'm dooming uh, <laughs> AI, no, actually, I mean you you read a lot of about, about the um, ethical, social, um, or political political impacts that I, I may, may have, and you hear and you read something about like the the nuclear threats and everything. I, I don't want to dive in, into that. Sure. Um, yep. There are some other people who are better to, to to talk about risks than I do. But what I what I think to answer your question to still answer your question, we will see how big the risks are within the next few years because there will be major elections where I think AI will play a big role when it comes to deep fakes, uh, fake news. Um, if if you see your, your your president, your chancellor, whoever, mm-hmm. uh, talking something which looks so realistic, words that they have never spoken, just created out of AI, uh, you, most people will, will trust. And that's that scares me a bit, the um, malicious usage of, um, of AI. So it's not that the AI is going to be, it's going to become bad 
it's about bad people using AI in a, yeah. in, a, uh, in in the wrong in the wrong way. That's what scares me. Yeah, I mean, I think like anything, man. I mean, it, there's the negative side of everything is how you actually use it, right? For for um, uh, evil's probably too s- strong of a word, but I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head other than that. But you know, I mean. There's a lot of stuff that is good until it falls into the wrong hands or people use it uh, for uh, something that it's not intended to do, right? Um, and I think the other thing on top of all that, for me at least, is I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. I like my routine. I like my, you know, what I know to be true and all that. The thing that scares me the most is the unknown, and where it really can continue to snowball over the next five years, 10 years, like that's the scary part to me is I just think nobody really knows. And I mean, I don't have a single, <laughs> I've invested a single dollar into Bitcoin because it scares me because I don't know much about it and I don't know where it's going to go. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I know I'm going down a rabbit trail here, but just the, the fact that we just don't know. Is what gets it what gets me and keeps me up at night on some of this stuff. Yeah, well, what I would like to add uh, is I just recently heard some some somebody discussing um, that AI is more biased that we that we think it is, um, just because it's trained on people and people are biased, and that's uh, that's that's for sure. I mean, we all have our stereotypes; we are all, all biased um, because it's. Uh, it, it's it, it was necessary for for ages and decades, right? Um, yep. That we are somehow uh, we use categories for different things. But um, when it comes to AI, I was I just recently read an article saying that most uh, video analysis of um, how people walk, how people behave, is trained on uh, cameras from airports. Now. Well, let me ask you: What are the main people using airports? Is it um, the right portions in terms of? It, does that relate to the to the global population? Right. I, I think it's more. Uh, it's, it's first of all, it's more men. It's more um, white people. It's so this is not representing uh, the whole population of the world. So um, this is something that we really need to be aware of that everything that is being uh, that's training ai need to be unbiased as possible and that's just not the fact that's not true yeah. not now that's that's a very interesting take on it you're right i mean the you could probably categorize in a few different categories the the type of people who are more um who fly more than others right businessmen that need to go here and there and just man that's yeah that's makes that actually makes my head kind of spin a little bit in terms of how we think about that and then apply it to ai of who's the early adopters using ai training ai you know for it to grow off of that you know off of that data um man that's really interesting how do you think uh ai will impact jobs in our particular space the enterprise architecture space Mm, for not just for enterprise architecture, but for but but AI coming into um, into our world is 
um, is a different threat towards jobs because in the past it has always been, we as the, the white collar workers, we have always been safe, right? Um, machines were coming into the game, robots coming into the game, and we were like safe. Yeah, we're doing the, our head, the head stuff, the brain stuff, and we were safe. And now that is uh, that's completely different, right? Now it is that, I mean, uh, an average consultant, an average business consultant, can be easily replaced by by GPT. Just just tell them all the, all your numbers, give them some some spreadsheets, and it will make great slides, great yep. uh, uh, summaries, management summaries. So that is something. Or just take a lawyer. Um, that is something. Also, we've never thought there's going to be something um, to replace a lawyer, but. Um, if, you, if you've seen the results of, of, of AI doing these um, law tests and exams, they are crazy. They are so good. It's uh, that's fascinating. But so yeah, at least for all for all white collar workers, we we need to see what's uh, what's the uh, importance about ourselves about our job. And I don't think it will replace all lawyers, not all business consultants. Um, also, it will not replace enterprise architecture at all. But what I think is that in the past, you just needed to be average to be good. I think in the future, you need to be much more than average to be good because everybody will look for the highest efficiency. Everybody will look... I was, uh, this, this, I just remember the situation. I think it was uh, just yesterday or or uh, the day before. I was doing something with the help of GPT, and a, a task that took me one hour instead of without GPT it would take me like four or five hours. Yeah. And and my wife came around and she's like, "Oh, does your does your boss knows about that? Is your manager aware that you do that? Isn't that? It feels like cheating, right?" And that make me think like, well, yeah, in, in the past, going 10 years back, maybe this is the way we, th we were thinking. But now, actually, I said, no, he would, be, uh, he would be upset. He would be angry if I don't work that way, because this is making the difference between us and our competitors. So you need to use that. I mean, I, I saved my, myself four, four hours of time to do other stuff, which maybe brings us m much more forward than if I do that all, all, all on my own. And I think that's not, that's, that's the answer to your question. So not, not the jobs will be replaced, but the way we work will be replaced. And that's, that, that's all about uh, if and how we uh, utilize AI to, uh, to ourselves best in terms of we are being efficient, we are being faster, we are being above the average. We need to be much above the, the, um, the average. Yeah, that's spot on, man, because, I mean, look, I'll admit it. I use it, right? So, I mean, if I'm creating a video for our YouTube channel um, or researching something and honestly, like, want to learn more, but let's just take the video script for a YouTube channel, I can put in ChatGPT to summarize a certain topic or, you know, write out a script. Now, I don't use that script. 
I send it over to our content creator um, or copywriter and say, can you fact check this and make sure that it is what we need to be saying and add our own flair and spin to it? But do you know how long it would take me to write a three minute script? Um, you know, versus what it takes chat GPT to spit that out. So you're right. It's efficiency. It's not that we're, I won't say we're cheating. We're not cheating by any means. We're actually using what's available to us and now acceptable to us, right? To be more efficient, um, and fast paced within our own jobs. And you're right. I mean, if it was going to take you four hours, and it took you one or 30 minutes, well, then you've got three extra hours that you've just found that you can go be productive on something else. Exactly. You know, and I think that just continuing to double down on that theory of what is the saying, you know, work smarter, not harder, right? I think that's probably more acceptable today than it has ever been or more important today than it has ever been. Just think think back when, uh, when smartphones came out. At the beginning, it was just something we were not allowed to use uh, in the office. Now, people, people were not allowed to use that in, uh, in school or somewhere else. Now, this has been paid by your employer because this now has been a tool to be used to because it's providing us much more uh, ways of um, solving problems. It's um, giving us more efficiency because we can communicate much faster, quicker answer towards emails. And I think that's the same with AI. It's just another tool we need to use. Otherwise, other, other others will use it and be faster yeah. than we are. Well, uh, I've got one more for you. And just to kind of wrap it all up, and this one's probably going to be tough uh, to to do, but if you had one final piece of advice when it comes to either implementing, exploring, uh, using whatever word you want to say there, artificial intelligence uh, moving forward, what would that be? (laughs) I know. I told you it was going to be tough. Sorry. The last one's always the hardest one. No, the... um, Can I answer two ways? First, yeah. first, okay. First way is become an AI engineer because I mean, will have you seen that they have released the salaries of AI engineers recently? Have you seen that? No, no. Okay, so let me tell you. <laughs> on average, AI engineers earn between five hundred and seven hundred k a year, depending on where they work, and okay. it, it turns out like. So OpenAI is like the uh, the highest paying uh, employer. Apple, for example, was like below average. They were only paying what was it like four hundred? Only three hundred sixty? Only, only. You just <laughs> said year? only four hundred k. Who who would do that? Who would wake up in the morning, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, the first advice is become an AI engineer. <laughs> and you know what, Will? This is this is because the big tech is fighting to be the best. And they want to be, they want to be leading in that area, and they think that's going to pay out, and that's what also kind of can make you scared, right? If if you're if you know that, you know what they think that they might be capable with that with that knowledge, 
Okay, but back to your question. Okay, <laughs> if, let, let me just answer. Uh, so Look, if that's not an option, everyone's going to go turn in their two weeks across <laughs> all of our listeners, and they're going to and they're going to blame us for a shortage of uh, employees <laughs> at companies because you just told everybody to go make their seven hundred k. Yeah. So okay, but if AI engineering is not the not the path you want to choose, um, the the advice is just to um, to. To experiment it with your, um, with your, I mean, do do it yourself. As I started with at the beginning, um, the the more you hear about it, doesn't make you any uh, any smarter. The more you see about it, neither. Um, experiment with it. Try to work with it. Try to work with different products. I mean, there's not just only ChatGPT. There are different ones. I know many people don't. Don't trust ChatGPT because it is not providing source of where this is coming from, the data. You just know, okay, this is coming out of this large LLM. But for many jobs, this is not, not enough. You need to know the exact source. So use different ones. Play with BART. Play with um, the Entropic product, which is providing you with the sources for, for, for everything. Um, so that's what for, for the simple text stuff, right, I, I would say. Uh, but also for companies, um, try to see if you can leverage um, the Microsoft products the best or the Amazon products the best. All of them are having their uh, their own system, different ways of how they um, how they how you need to pay for that based on tokens, based on requests, based on words and everything. Um, don't decide too early. Don't decide too early just because you have heard that this one uh, is good. There's not the one-size-fits-all solution for AI tools. Just experiment with it. Find out yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm in marketing, so I'm an analogies and story type of guy. So to use what you just kind of said, it would be like watching 100 YouTube videos on how to change the oil in your car but you really don't know how to change the oil in your car until you actually get under the hood and try it for yourself, right? And implement what you've been looking at and watching and researching. Otherwise, I can tell you every single thing you should do to change the oil, but I can't myself go change my own oil because I've not tried it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great summary of that. Yeah. Right. It's I'm about changing. So, you know, you got yeah. to do those things. <laughs> Well, man, David, thank you so much uh, for coming on and, and what a good episode to kick off 2024. We've got um, an awesome year scheduled uh, for podcast guests um, inside of our company, outside of our company, thought leaders all across the board. It should be an exciting year on the podcast. David, thank you again for coming on and thank you all for listening and we will see you in a future state. Thanks for having me, Will.